Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of If the Cleat Fits. Once again, I am Kyle O'Brien, and I wanted to give my thoughts on all of these head coaching candidates. As a Vikings fan, obviously, we just fired Mike Zimmer and our GM, Rick Spielman, so I've been paying close attention to all these names that are getting thrown out there, more so than these past few years, as obviously my team is going to be directly affected by these. With that being said, I wanted to first talk about the Dallas Cowboys, specifically Kellen Moore. The Vikings just concluded an interview with him, and obviously he's the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, so I just wanted to give my thoughts on him specifically to start this episode off. We all watched that game Sunday. We all saw that play with 14 seconds left on the, on the clock and no timeouts left. They ran a QB draw, and it cost them the game. Now, every sports network, every podcast, everybody has broken down that play and pretty much talked about how horrible it was, so I'm not going to go into it too much. What I want to focus on, because we all know it's stupid, I'm going to focus on who's responsible for that. Because yes, obviously it falls on the head coach, he, he confirms the call, he approves it, it falls on Dak Prescott and all the players because they didn't execute it correctly, but ultimately... This was Kellen Moore's play call. He called it up, he drew it up, and he sent that into the huddle. I don't know what Mike McCarthy does for the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's the head coach, but he doesn't run the offense. He doesn't run the defense. That's Dan Quinn. That's a whole other issue. If I'm a Cowboys fan right now, I'm praying that they fire Mike McCarthy and promote Dan Quinn. He completely flipped that defense around and is the reason they're in the playoffs. And if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan right now, I'm praying that Kellen Moore gets a head coaching job. And he gets out of the building. Because that was horrible. 14 seconds left, no timeouts, and you do a QB draw. You could have had two, maybe even three passing plays, get out of bounds, or if that fails, whatever. I mean, you have a playoff game on the line. Not only that, but you are a front runner for a lot of these head coaching jobs. You had the number one offense in the league this year. And you're willing to call that? If I'm a fan of any other team, if I'm a general manager or uh, an owner, and I'm looking at who I want to hire as head coach, I can't look at this guy and and go with him. I, I mean, how do I explain that to my fans? How do I explain that to my players? We're going to go with a guy that's willing to throw away a playoff game on a horrible call. I mean, I get it's aggressive, and I'm all, all for going for it on fourth down in certain scenarios and stuff like that, but y you have a playoff game on the line. You've got to be somewhat conservative. Be smart. That was just horrible. But I know the defense. Oh, but he did have the number one offense this year. That, that is true. I can't argue that. That's fact. The stats are there. Number one um, points per game. Number one yards per game. But let's put that in some context. The Cowboys this season were 6-0 and against the NFC, NFC East. So what does that mean, right? For the past few years, I'm pretty sure it's non-debatable that this has been the worst division in football. You got the rebuilding Giants, who are a complete mess right now. You had Washington, who won the division last year with seven wins. They are a complete wreck this year. And you have the Eagles, who I understand they made the playoffs, but they didn't beat a playoff team all season. And I give all the credit in the world that they made the playoffs. I think Nick Sirianni has kind of proven himself that he was the right choice, and they have three first-round picks this year, so they are in perfect position, but they are rebuilding. Let's not get that wrong. They are rebuilding. Jalen Hurts 
basically he's still a rookie this year. Um, and he's got a lot to develop still. So let's break down the number one ranked offense this season. Let's focus on the NFC East games. 41 to 21 against the Eagles, 44 to 20 against the Giants, 27 20 against Washington, 21 6 against the Giants, 56 14 against Washington, and 51 to 26 against the Eagles. Those were the games against the NFC East. That's a total of 240 total points out of 530 that they had this season. The number one number one ranked offense. 45% of their points came in NFC East games. That's nearly 50% of their points just in those six games. Not only that, but they were they had 12 wins this season. Well, that, there's six right there. There's 50% of your wins. Let's look at it on the other side. Let's look at their games against playoff teams this season. A 31-29 loss against the Bucks week one. A 35-29 win against the Pats. Okay. 19-9 loss against the Chiefs. 36-33 overtime loss against the Raiders. 25-22 loss against the Cardinals. And obviously in that wild card round, 23-17 loss against the 49ers. 1-6 against playoff teams this season. 6-0 against the NFC East. 1-6 against playoff teams. That should put a little context into why this team was number one ranked offense. Against Pop Warner teams that are in their division, they went 6-0 and scored a bajillion points. Against good teams that are true Super Bowl contenders, they were 1-6. So what does that say about Kellen Moore? I, I just personally, like I said, I can't get excited if I'm a fan of any team my team goes with Kellen Moore as our head coach. Again, I get he's young, offensive-minded. That's the way of this the past few years. But I can't I can't be excited about that. I would definitely have some doubt in my organization. With that being said, I want to give my top five head coaching candidates that I do like um, for different reasons. And again, this is not for any team. This is specifically for the Vikings. There are some other candidates that I like for other teams. I'm going to focus on who I want, who I would be happy with if the Vikings went in these directions. Number one, we're going to stick with that young offensive-minded philosophy. And it's a name that I haven't heard a lot about, um, but I think we should be. And I'm kind of curious as to why we're not hearing this name a lot, but I think he's kind of like an outlier pick that um, I think teams should be looking at, and that's Mike McDaniel. He is the 49ers offensive coordinator. He has followed Kyle Shanahan everywhere he's gone, from Washington to Cleveland to Atlanta and here in San Francisco. He's 38 years old. He knows that offense more than anyone outside of Kyle Shanahan. Everyone saw the uh, the video or the picture of um, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan in Washington in 2013. Mike McDaniel is also on that roster. On, on that staff, excuse me. I think he's a brilliant, young offensive mind, and I think teams should be looking at this guy over Kellen Moore. So he would be probably my number one option, although because we haven't really heard his name a lot, I'm sure maybe he's a year or two away from getting a head coaching opportunity. So my other candidates, we'll start with Eric Bieniemy. 
He was with the Vikings in 2006 to 2010. He was the running back coach, and then he actually made his way to the assistant head coach. Currently, he's 52 years old. I don't need to go in a lot about him. He's obviously the Chiefs offensive coordinator. They've been one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best, the past few years. Um, I know there's a lot of doubt of, over like how much control he really does have over that offense. But when you hire a, a head coach whose focus is the offensive side, um, th- it doesn't necessarily mean that the offensive coordinator doesn't do anything or isn't capable of running that same offense. We've seen Sean McVay's coaching trees. We've seen um, Andy Reid's coaching trees separate and have varying success in the league. Talk about uh, uh, Doug Peterson, um, Matt Nagy for Andy Reid. Like these guys were offensive coordinators under Andy Reid and somehow found success with other teams. So I don't really know what all the hate about Eric Bieniemy is, but I think he's an outstanding choice for the Vikings. And with that connection from 2006 to 2010, I think it makes a lot of sense. My third option would be Raheem Morris. He is the the Rams' defensive coordinator. He's been in the league for a while. He's 45 years old. He was actually the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach in 2009 to 2011. He was the interim head coach for Atlanta in 2020 after they fired Dan Quinn after an 0-5 start. Um, so obviously... He's been a head coach before. He hasn't really had that much success, but coming off of the Rams this season, their outstanding defense. I mean, you, you can say they have stars, so their defense is going to be good no matter what, but I think he, he deserves another opportunity at head coach, and I could really get behind him as my head coach. My fourth option would be Jonathan Gannon. He is the Eagles defensive coordinator. He was actually with the Vikings in 2014 to 2017 under Mike Zimmer. So he knows that defense. It wouldn't be a complete 180 for all the players that are on our defense, such as Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Anthony uh, Harrison Smith. Um, he was also a scout for in 20, 2009 and 2011 for the Rams. So he actually has a good a grasp on, you know, what, what, how the front office works, what it means to be in that position. He probably has an eye for talent. Um, from working in the front office for those years. So I think that's another kind of cool twist um, for Jonathan Gannon. And he's also 39 years old, so he's a young guy, obviously on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I do think he, he would be a good candidate for the Vikings. Obviously, again, uh, he has the connection under Mike Zimmer. My fifth option is probably the most established of the five, and that would be Brian Dable. Um, I don't know if the Vikings are gonna be able to get him. Um, he's probably gonna have his pick of the litter on which team he goes to, but whatever team he, he goes to, I think they really got uh, the best candidate of any coach, head coaching candidate in the league right now. He was with New England in 2000, from 2000 to 2006 as a defensive assistant and a wide receivers coach, so he knows both sides of the ball. Obviously, they won some Super Bowls in that time frame. He was also with New England as a tight ends coach in 2013 to 2016. Um, they, they won the Super Bowl in 2016. He was also with Alabama at the college level in 2017 when they won the national championship against Georgia. So he has an eye for you know college players coming into the league. Um, 
he's 46 years old, so not too old. I mean, he's kind of middle-aged, not too bad. So those are my top five candidates. I think that would be the best fit for Minnesota specifically, um, and honestly for any team. I mean, Doug Peterson, uh, John Harbaugh, if he wants to rejoin the league, I think those would be great choices as well for other teams. I just don't necessarily think they're good fits for Minnesota. Throw in Dan Quinn as well. Um, but again, like I said, I think Dallas should promote him immediately. Uh, you don't want to play face him um, somewhere else because he's eventually going to get another head coaching job. Um, with that being said, I wanted to break down just this season where some of those head coaches, where they placed um, on their side of the ball. So Jonathan Gannon with the Eagles, their defensive ranked was 10th in yards per game allowed and 18th in points per game allowed. So that's middle of the pack. That's not too outstanding. But if you look at their defensive roster, there's not too many stars on that defense. There's not too much talent that he was working with. So I think that's actually pretty impressive that they were 10th and 18th in those categories. The Rams, now this is where I get a little a little queasy about um, Raheem Morris. Not only was he a head coach before and failed, but his defense this year, so this was the, his first year um, as the defensive coordinator because um, Staley got promoted to head coach for the Chargers last year. Um, the Rams' defense was 17th in yards per game allowed and 15th in points per game allowed. So that's arguably worse than Jonathan Gannon's with the Eagles, and Raheem Morris has Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Von Miller for a lot of the season. A lot of stars on that defense. You'd think that'd be higher because it has been higher the past few years. Um, but nonetheless, I do think he is still a great candidate. Um, look at Mike McDaniel, his offense this, she- this season. Again, a lot of it's credited to Kyle Shanahan. I get it. But that offense was 7th in yards per game and 13th in points per game. That's with Jimmy Garoppolo as QB, who I think is a very average quarterback. I don't, I'm not hating on him, but he's obviously limited um, as far as mobility. Um, the first few quarters, he's a little wishy-washy, but he's a pretty clutch quarterback. Um, and I think the 7th and 13th in those categories are pretty impressive. And then Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs. This season, they were thirds in yards per game, fourth in points per game. No surprise there. They are top five almost every year with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. And Andy Reid, I get it. There's a lot to work with there. It's easy to have success. Um, but being in a league that long and having an offense this good, I think is pretty promising for wherever he goes. If it's Minnesota, I'd be so excited. So those are my top five head coaching candidates for Minnesota. Now I want to talk about GM candidates. This is a little harder to like gauge on who's good or who's not. Um, a lot of times you just got to look at the teams they're coming from. How well have they drafted? How well have their free agents worked out? Um, and also, if you just look up these guys' names on Google, there's not even a Wikipedia page for most of these guys. So again, it's kind of hard to gauge if they're going to be good or not. With that being said, though, I do have my top five options. Number one would be Ryan Poles. He is 36 years old, and he's the executive director of player personnel for the Chiefs. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have been one of the best teams in the league this, the past few years. They've made back-to-back Super Bowls, won one of them. They're doing something right. Um, and Ryan Poles being in that front office, I think, shows a lot of promise. Again, he's 36 years old, so he's also young. Um probably can connect with players a lot and knows the le- the the college level 
um, more than older front office members might. So I think he's a really good option. And again, he could also bring in Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs. He has the connection there and would be able to persuade Eric Bieniemy into coming as head coach. Number two would be Elliot Wolf. He's a front office consultant with the uh, with the New England Patriots. Obviously, Bill Belichick is the head coach GM. Um, he pretty much controls everything with New England. But Elliot Wolf is a front office consultant. Basically, means he is the um, if do de facto GM with New England. Um, it just he doesn't make the final decision. So, with that being said, obviously. Bill Belichick has kind of given up some control. Um, he's been listening to his scouts more often in the front office um, choices more often the past year, and it's worked out for them. Obviously, they made the playoffs with a lot of rookies. They had a great draft class this year. Um, so I think he's a pretty promising um, option. Third would be John Spitek, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's the vice, the VP of player personnel for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, they've hit it out of the park with draft picks lately. Um, talk, talking about Tristan Wirfs, uh, Joe Ty- Tyron, the pass rusher this year. Um, just building that roster from top to bottom up until Brady got there. Um, I know Brady brought in a lot of veteran players that helped win them Super Bowl. But um, there was al- already a base roster that was ready to win now. You just needed Tom Brady. So I think John Spitek is a good option as well. My next two candidates for the GM position um, both come from the Eagles I think they're interesting choices I don't know too much about them but it's Katherine um, Rachie I think it is and then Brandon Brown Katherine is the, vi- the VP of football operations and Brandon Brown is the director of player personnel I'm not really sure I, I don't think a lot of people really know how front offices work me included I haven't really focused on that um, so I'm not really sure what responsibilities both of these positions have, um, but they both are, you know, young candidates that I think have proven a lot with the Eagles. I know there's been some chaos the past few years, but it's really turned around this past season. Um, and if you hire one of those guys, um, then you can possibly bring in Jonathan Gannon if that's the direction you want to go in. So I think those are two outstanding candidates as well. Um, and once again, I'm going to make it clear, these are for my picks for the Vikings positions. I think they're great candidates anywhere, but um, specifically, I'm looking at it through the lens of a Vikings fan or the Vikings front office on decisions that we should be making. Um, another GM candidate that I actually liked was uh, Joe Schoen, but he just got hired as of this morning by the Giants. I think that's a great hire by the Giants. Um, I'm interested to see who they hire as head coach to see where they're moving forward. But overall, that's all I got to say today. Just wanted to give my thoughts on all these head coaches and GM candidates that are getting thrown out there. They are there is seven to potentially eight if the Raiders uh, part ways with their interim interim coach. Um, so there's going to be a lot of madness the next few couple weeks. Um, there's going to be some good hires. There's going to be some bad hires. We all know this. It's just a waiting game to see how they play out the next couple years. But it's an exciting time if you're a fan of any of those teams. And I'm very excited to see who Minnesota hires for the both of those positions. All right, that's all I got to say today. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.